0: Hello, and welcome to the Collider.com podcast. I'm Collider.com Senior Editor Matt Goldberg, and with me is Deputy Editor Adam Chitwood. Howdy, folks. And Associate Editor Vinnie Mancuso. Hello. Today we will be talking about Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, on our last episode, we talked about the Star Wars saga. And everything leading up to Rise of Skywalker, now this episode is all about the Rise of Skywalker. Also, the film had a pretty big opening this weekend, although not as big as Force Awakens or The Last Jedi, but big enough that if you're listening, we're assuming that you've seen the film and are amenable to hearing about spoilers. If you haven't seen the film, uh, stop listening, see the film, come back. Uh, also fair warning: the three of us were not crazy about the rise of Skywalker, so if you like love that movie, you're probably not gonna be too thrilled hearing hearing us just kind of dunk on it for an hour. So just keep that in uh, mind. Maybe you'll well. learn something. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, is there really learning on this podcast? It's just
1: white dudes with opinions. Yep. Learn. learn. Yes. That's...
0: <laughs> um so uh and so with all that in mind, and also then we'll finish up with recently watched, but with all that in mind, uh, Vinny, thank you so much for joining us. I want to start off by getting your opinion on the rise of Skywalker.
2: Uh, Okay. Yeah. So it's a, like I guess it's a very complicated question. I don't like the movie um, overall. I'm pretty, I'm pretty firmly salty about this film, but I did see it twice. And i am still an add on this. I feel like the second time I saw it, uh once i knew once i knew what i was in for i was just able to like watch the spaceships go whoosh and like enjoy the lightsabers i had a better time but i also had i was also bothered by it more the second time cuz it's just the more you pay attention to the through lines it just logistically does not make any sense it 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 doesn't make sense in the arc of the trilogy but it doesn't make sense in its own arc <laughs> like the movie itself it it, it it from beginning to end it just does not track from scene to scene from moment to moment it just takes things back it it juxtaposes things that don't it 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 just doesn't hold together at all it's a, it's a, it feels like a series of pre-planned moments that they just sort of glued together into this two hour 15 minute thing if that makes sense
0: no I I totally agree it doesn't feel like they had like a story they wanted to tell as much as like we need to hit some mo- we need to hit some moments we need to as long as we make you feel things it doesn't really matter if the connective tissue is there or not, which I think is a really kind of insulting approach to to storytelling and filmmaking and I think it's kind of a cynical calculation
2: and also just the just sort of the fact that the the, the opening scrawl is just like like sorry about all that here's the story. <laughs> about, like, the yeah. opening scrawl is like, uh, that was a dream. Palpatine's <laughs> back. Like it's, from the moment one, from the first second, it's just like, we're down a different story now. Buckle up. And then you do buckle up, and it's just, it, I don't know. The fact that the first line is just like, Palpatine's back, and you have to accept that. And there's no explanation. It's just like, we said it in the scrawl.
0: Excuse the scroll. me, sir, but if you had played Fortnite... <laughs> <laughs> That's you would have gotten at. the lead in that you needed. That? I didn't That's not me making books. shit up, by the way. For those who are like, what about Fortnite? There's literally like the whole Palpatine speaking thing is was dropped into a Star Wars Fortnite event. So fun bonus for the game Fortnite, which has nothing really to do with Star Wars.
2: Ray's parents' name is uh Ray's parents' name is buried in like a fourth level of Minecraft, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I am genuinely
1: curious what the reaction would have been had they kept Palpatine a secret. Like if you were just sitting there and the first line of the scroll is Palpatine's back. <laughs> would it just be like, what the fuck?
2: We would all be like,
1: Oh that's
0: fuck that's you. The, like that would have been my I reaction. I guess it's good the that the they braced kind us.
1: Nonsense.
0: I'm like, Oh fuck that's the you. That he's I back. Been into. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just, it, to me, it's, it's the, the, I mean, Vinny, I think you're totally right. Like it's sort of like, forget about all that. Like, which I mean, let's talk a little bit about Last Jedi because people can't get enough of that. <laughs> um, like <laughs> Last Jedi, t- it is a
1: podcast for three white dudes after all, so I- we're obligated to talk about Last Jedi. Exactly, I signed the contract.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, look, I'm to be fair. Like Last Jedi throws out some Force Awakens stuff. Like it's not like like Ryan Johnson paid full respect to Force Awakens. Why can't J.J. Abrams pay full respect? Because you know, Last Jedi is sort of like you know. I'm going to I'm going to kill off Snoke because I don't care. I'm going to kill off Phasma because I don't care. And like so, if you had something planned for those characters, it's not happening. Um, I'm going to take a moment like of, of Ray handing Luke the lightsaber, and I'm going to sort of take it in a direction you, don't, you didn't expect. So, you know, Ryan Johnson goes in his own direction, but I feel like what J.J. Abrams is doing is far more egregious in terms of like. Just saying, the narrative, the full narrative. It, it, to me, I would compare it to being like, you know, *Force Awakens* ends. Ray is is handing the lightsaber to Luke, and then all of a sudden, *Last Jedi* starts, and it was it would be like, and now Ray is piloting the Millennium Falcon to go to Endor. Like, wait, what happened? Did the, the movie ended this way? But you're not picking it up from where it. You know, someone handed it off to you, and instead of picking it up, you just swatted it away. Because Last Jedi ends, and it's like the the rebellion is reignited today. Like that is what it is telling you. And Abrams is like, "No, it's not. No one answered <laughs> the call. The movie was pointless. What it's going to take to unite
2: the pe- the people is Lando. <laughs> Motherfuckers love Lando. I do. I do kind of like that. The one the one thing I would say is that I like that." Oh, nobody in the the, the, just no one answered the call in The Last Jedi. But if you send Billy D. Williams out there, (laughs) people are gonna be like, Oh Oh,
1: (laughs) even people who like this movie I saw have been like, Yeah, the Lando stuff's not great. Like it's just very blatant fan service to the point that like when he shows up, it's like, All right, now we have to pause and let Finn and Ray fanboy out over meeting Lando Carissian. I'm like, Do we really have
2: to? I have a question. I'm kind of curious if this is like me not understanding, but why is it that in The Force Awakens, they think Luke Skywalker is a myth? But when they're like, that's Lando Calrissian, they're like, of course we know he's Lando Calrissian. (laughs) Like, what is what is the what is the internal who,
0: logic of a J.J. Abrams movie? I can't help you. Yeah, I guess, I,
1: guess I, so. assu- I assume it's because Lando was like a general and the Luke stuff is more like lightsabers and force and stuff like that. But Luke was still like, Luke still fought. Like he's still the one who yeah, shot like, the thing in the
2: hole. I don't know. It's, to me, it's just kind of being like, like thinking George Washington is a myth, but being like, "Of course, I know who Abraham Lincoln." Is. Like, Are you <laughs> yeah. kidding me? Like they're both sort of the same thing. Yeah, very. That's what I mean is that he's not just retconning the Last Jedi; he's retconning like the whole thing. It feels yeah. like a standalone movie, but it's the third chapter of a trilogy. Which the third chapter of the decades. third trilogy. <laughs> yeah, and it just none of it tracks with what we've been told. It just. Right out the gate, we're telling a new story, deal with it, and then it does that. And it it just doesn't work, not for me.
1: I feel like the core problem of it, and Chris Herrier, the co-writer, trying to craft an ending to the entire Skywalker saga, which I don't think they really needed to do. I don't think anyone was asking for that with this. I don't think anyone was like, I really need closure to the Skywalker story. Like, you gotta give that to me. I don't know why they couldn't just be fine concluding a, a, a like a conclusion to this new sequel trilogy and just because the, the Palpatine <sighs> stuff is like reaching to bring it back to the prequels obviously mm. uh, in addition to the original trilogy and then the entire ending of the film she goes to Tatooine and it's like why is she going to Tatooine? She has no attachment to Tatooine why is she going to Tatooine? And I guess it's right. just to bury the lightsabers but the, the reason she goes to Tatooine is so that JJ can have this closing shot that mirrors the opening shot of A New Hope Um, Or not opening shot, but one of the iconic uh, first act shots of The New Hope. Um, And yes, that's a nice idea. And when you're sitting in a room and thinking, you think of that shot, like, man, that's really cool. And that's hard to resist. But I think a good storyteller knows when something doesn't fit. And I don't think they knew that that, like, they didn't recognize when something didn't quite fit the story that they were telling. So instead, they just erred on the side of, well, it looks cool, so let's just do it and find some hackneyed way to get to it.
0: Well, and I think part, another part of the problem is, is like, I think that they didn't really push themselves to think of it creatively. I think they took it too literally. Well, it's like, oh, well, if we're telling the whole Skywalker saga, if this is the end of the Skywalker saga, then we need Palpatine who was a, a presence in all, you know, in the first two uh, trilogies. And my counter to that is what if it's not a story about Palpatine? It's a story about the force. Like that to me yeah. is if you start off and like, if you look at, if you were to take it one through nine, so if you look at the prequel trilogy, the story about the force there is that the force is misunderstood by the Jedi and they like, they, they they don't have the handle on it that they think that they do. And it leads to their downfall. So it's a story about hubris and think like, and I think that actually could have retconned midichlorians into a really smart thing where a group of people think they have the force down to a science. And it turns out that they don't, and it fucking screws them over. Then the, uh, original trilogy is about restoring balance to the force. Um, and then this sequel trilogy is about the force belongs to everyone. If the if the original trilogy is sort of there, there's, you know, Jedi and there's there's still Jedi and Sith, what I think last Jedi was trying to do is saying, let's break away from this notion that the force only belongs to Sith or Jedi, and everyone else is at is force sensitive at best. There actually is a force that permeates the world, the the galaxy, and it's part of everything. And I think if that was your closing chapter to say, what is it in a world now where the Force is not re- maintained to these two orders, but like anyone can use the Force, what does that look like? And I think that would have been really exciting and interesting to explore. Um, and I think, honestly, if you want it, like, you know, it's funny you mentioned J.J. J. Abrams closing it out with the two suns. and I think it would actually a better closing Visually, would have been like a single starship because the opening shot of of the original trilogy is a small fighter being closed in on by a bigger one, yeah. and that would then, if you reverse that, it says you st- the small the underdog wins the the smaller you know one is able to get away from the bigger one. But again, Abrams really only traffics in popular iconography. He doesn't seem I, I can't see J.J. A- J. J. Abrams ever drilling down and saying, well, what does this mean? He's just like, I like the thing. The thing made me feel feelings. So I'm going to use the thing again to make you feel feelings. Like he's, he, he's a very good mimic and a kind of a shitty thief.
2: What I can't, I, I, something I just can't get over is how perfect, to me, how perfect the end of The Last Jedi feels for the end of the Skywalker saga. Like the, the Luke doing what he did and inspiring an entire galaxy's worth of little baby Jedi's who who didn't even know what a Jedi was is the perfect end. Like that shot of the kid with the broom, like a lightsaber, feels like the end of the story. It, that that to me is, is what's insane because then you get this entire chapter, this entire. It, it feels like a chapter that's like you could get rid of it, and I still feel like the Skywalker saga ended. About as
1: perfectly as it could. Well, and I think that the, that closing shot. I think the way you read that has, has a, says a lot about like what you want out of Star Wars. Because I always read it as like, oh, you know, uh, you know, the spark of like the spark of the rebellion has been lit. There's now hope in the galaxy. This little boy is force sensitive, meaning you know, oh, you know, anyone can have the force. Yes, I get that because Ray also has the force. Um, but I had no like I was blindsided by the fact that there were like subsections of fandom and like theories devoted to who is Broom Boy. Because clearly <laughs> Broom Boy is delineated from some line of blood that's famous. He, has he goes to. on to become some famous Jedi. And I'm like, nah, he's just a kid. Like he had a really nice run in with Ray and or with Finn and Rose and, you know, met some nice people and got a
2: resistance ring. It I'm just I'm like genuinely surprised the opening crawl of Rise of Skywalker wasn't like that kid's dead. Broomboy boy is dead broom boy, <laughs> yeah, dead. Oh, that kid. Broom boy OD'd finish. on death sticks <laughs> he doesn't have any relations to the force so he died yeah. <laughs> Palpatine's back everybody Like that, it just felt like the, that idea I don't know I guess what, like, like you said it depends on what you want from Star Wars and to me the idea that the force isn't something that something that exists and if anyone could possibly tap into it that to me, was like wow, that's powerful. And then the Force of the Week or Rise of Skywalker came on, along, and in the biggest way possible, was like, nope, that's not, that's not true. And to me, that it
0: really, yeah, it's it also just feels like the most ill timed story. Like, it, if you're looking at like the Star Wars films as escapist entertainment. It seems like the worst possible thing you could be like, "Hey, you know what people are really going for these days? Entrenched dynastic power." <laughs> That's what the people want. So, Ray is actually Ray Palpatine because no one comes from nothing. Everything is handed down. If you're if you were born poor, you're going to stay poor. If you were born rich, you're going to stay rich. There are only two important families in the entire fucking galaxy and you ain't one of them. At best, as... you can you can you can ride in a starship that will get blown up. Sorry, Greg Grunberg. rest in
1: peace. <laughs> well, as evidenced by Rose Tico being told, "Oh, you, you go fucking sit in a corner
2: yeah. and push some buttons,"
1: like you are no longer along for the ride. Rose, Tico. I've seen
2: I've seen people say that, like uh, I, I've seen the the argument that okay, she she couldn't have been she she didn't have to be important to this movie. She had her arc, but the fact that there was a very specific scene where someone's like, do you want to join this adventure? <laughs> He's like, no, I was told I need to stay behind. <laughs> Is I, that to me, of all the things in this movie, the most blatant, like, like we're sorry about The Last Jedi was being like, hey, don't worry. Rose isn't coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like there, there's, there are
0: some points where like, oh, you're just making different choices. But, you know, telling Rose to like, you stay here and you'll have the same size role as unnamed computer operator Dominic Monaghan <laughs> tells me that like they listened to the worst elements of fandom. Like, I don't know. Oh, all these he... racists and sexists don't like this Rose character. Well, I think they might have a point. Let's leave her behind. Controversy bad.
2: Why could she not have gone on that little adventure? Like, it's What annoys me is that J.J. Abrams kept saying, oh, I finally made the big ensemble adventure I wanted to make then why can't she, she would have served the same purpose as uh, like R2D2 or BB-8. Like they, they were just there, just send everybody off on this fun adventure. It's
0: Then again, J.J. Abrams' big ensemble adventure sucks ass. So <laughs> yeah. you know, it does, like it, it doesn't, it doesn't like they, these characters. It's like, I get that you like them individually and like, yeah, they might have some chemistry, but the way they're written, like there's not a lot of, It's not like, boy, it sure is great to have these three together because, you know, again, if you're being like, I don't have to acknowledge the last Jedi, well, then Poe is just back to being a cocky asshole who hasn't learned anything. But even there, if you want to make him a cocky asshole who hasn't learned anything, what's the interaction between him and Rey? Like they have a little bit of friction um, on base and then no, and then it's done. Like nothing tracks. You know, there's no arc for Poe. There's no arc for Finn. They're just fucking there. And it's just like the people demanded it. And it's like, at some point you have to be like, I don't know, maybe the people aren't storytellers. Like they're the audience and you're the storyteller. So it's your fucking job. Like, you know, if I say I would like my car to fly and the mechanic's like, well, if he wants it, (laughs) I'll figure it out. I'll put jet turbines on the bottom of his car. He'll die and then he'll explode. But give the people what they want.
2: I like how the only consistent character trait that that remains between the entire ensemble is that C-3PO can go fuck himself. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing they can all agree on is, like, well, this guy sucks. And, like, every time we... I was like, when did we decide that C-3PO is just, like, the the least popular person in the world? Well, and, like,
1: two things about Finn. One is that, like, the... Rose should have gone because there's no reason to bring Janna into the fold because Janna has absolutely nothing to do in this movie unless they hired her and had a bigger arc and then removed it as they were working on the film. But even then, there's no reason that could not have been Rose other than the fact that you, A, listen to the fandom or B, were worried, didn't want to follow up on the romantic kiss at the end of The Last Jedi and didn't know how to deal with that. And so just separated the two so you didn't have to worry about it. Um, But two is that Finn has less to do in this movie than The Last Jedi. And John Boyega has been talking some shit about The Last Jedi, kind of. And like, I understand that it was probably more fun as an actor to run around with guns and, you know, to take out the whatever base at the end of this movie. But Finn doesn't change. He doesn't have any major bearing on the plot other than just saying, Where's Ray every five minutes? (laughs) And Ray is a terrible friend to him because he just keeps dragging these people along on these journeys that are dangerous and then she pieces out like she puts them in danger by just like jumping on a death star and so they're gonna go run after her on a death star <laughs> and then she just leaves without saying goodbye
2: <laughs> right, good.
1: yeah she they so like what is Finn's arc? he has no arc Poe has no arc like there are no no character changes in this movie
0: yeah it's it's a really for, for for everyone who's like, I just want to see these characters together, I'm like, Yeah, but to do what? Oh, we'll figure that out. <laughs> like it's it's not good enough to simply be like, they'll all just hang out together. I'm like, that's not that it's not Guardians of the Galaxy Two. You can't just have people hanging out and learning emotional lessons. It's not that film.
1: Well and so- I'd say first star trek movie like it doesn't make a ton of sense but it's super fun it's really watchable so like it's fun to hang out because like there's a lot of really good really good gags and that cast is really fun together but this movie doesn't make any sense and it's also not fun like they're not having fun together unless babu freak is in the fold He's bit, <laughs> yeah.
2: exactly right.
0: was babu freak oh to, to my babu God. Freak. <laughs> babu
2: freak. i um i i can say for Goddamn certain that Bob. This movie is kind of worth it for the existence of Bob. <laughs> I, I love that little that little man. Is he a man? I don't know. Who cares? He's he's just like I, he's one of those things where it's like I am being sold a toy and it's working. Like they they did every they did all their tricks. He showed up twice. He did a funny thing, and I was like, that's hilarious. So I guess I don't know if I was just looking for glimmers. of of joy i think honestly <laughs> that's
0: the star wars formula going forward like a really shitty story but a cute little thing is gonna pop up like that's the mandalorian like yeah this isn't really how <laughs> yeah. much of a story but look at this toy you can buy
2: 100 i don't even enjoy the mandalorian but i love that little stupid little yoda thing it's <laughs> i don't I, it's one of those things where um it, it's so cynical like it's just so, <laughs> i know so this, welcome to disney <laughs> folks like it's just so gross but, like, in the moment, I, I, I love that little guy. I don't, I don't, <laughs> and I don't, like... Um, uh, wow, I'm forgetting her name. Carrie, Carrie Russell's character... Zori Bliss. Who gives away her life's work to the guy whose head she was about to blow off, like, two scenes ago. Like, I, that was, like, just because the story of Boba Fett is dumb like just cuz they introduced a cool guy and like did nothing with him doesn't mean you have to do that like <laughs> <laughs> you can that, just JJ like, yeah, Abrams was
0: like yeah oh, JJ Abrams was like ah i see you killed my my tough gal who who's hidden hidden behind a mask well guess what here's another tough
2: gal who's <laughs> just, hidden behind a mask I, it's it's like they need to include everything that star wars did even the stuff that for decades we've all agreed is dumb like why <laughs> they're like why yeah well i i don't but get... even
0: the stuff that they yeah I, You know, it's funny, like, but even the stuff that they, it's, it's a film. I'll, I'll, let me back up. So in an interview with the New York times, JJ Abrams is like, I think that last Jedi is a little too meta. It's a little too aware of itself. And then then I watched this movie. I'm like, motherfucker, you gave Chewie a medal because he doesn't get one. in (laughs) Don't tell me about it looks outside itself. You gave him a medal, you know, 30 years after the fact.
1: It's, and it's also like actively aping Return of the Jedi. I mean, not to the extent that The Force Awakens was aping A New Hope, but there are definitely a lot of echoes throughout. And especially that final confrontation scene, it wants to be the whole, uh, you know, Ray is saving Kylo from the Emperor kind of thing. But even then it fumbles and it doesn't work because that entire finale, I, I, the reason this movie makes me as mad as it does is because it ruins the two best things we got from this new trilogy, which are Ray and Kylo Ren. I just feel like they're so shortchanged. Rey is stupid and uninteresting in this entire movie. She continues making dumb decisions, which she was not prone to making dumb decisions before in the other movies. She was brave and bold, but she wasn't stupid. And in this movie, she's stupid, just jumping across the Death Star for no reason. Um, and then Kaido Ren, like, what, like, he turns because his mom says his name? Like, is this Batman v Superman? Is it like a Martha situation here? Like, I don't understand. I genuinely don't understand that whole deal. Like, I understand that Ben Solo loved his mom. Like, it's very clear that she was like going to be, if anything was going to turn him, it would be her. But it doesn't make any sense that she dies when she says his name, because we saw her Force connect with Luke in Last Jedi, and that woke her up. It didn't kill her. And we've seen characters talk through the Force before. Um, But then it just, like, I don't know. I just feel like Kylo Ren's entire redemption arc is just, bungled all to hell on this movie which is frustrating because I was kind of obsessed with that character in uh, Force Awakens and Last Jedi it was so interesting and even in Force Awakens I thought what Abrams did with that character was really smart
0: I you know I would say one of the the, the one area where I'm willing to be all kind of forgiving with the Rise of Skywalker is Carrie Fisher and Leia yeah. because I feel like you know because Carrie Fisher passed away at the end of 2017 I believe it was um You know, there was, you know, they're like, we need to bring this, this character back, but we don't want to be disrespectful to Carrie Fisher. We don't want to just create like an animated Carrie Fisher, Um, but we can't just cut her out entirely and bid like Leia died on the, you know, on the transport over here. Like, so there's, they're in this really tricky position for a character who I, 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 I do believe was set up to be a major role in the fight. Like if, if, you know, force awakens is Hans movie and, and last Jedi is Luke's movie. Then it, it stands to reason that the rise of Skywalker would have been Leia's movie. Yeah. Um, and, and so I sympathize there that they were forced into a corner. That being said, you know, I still feel, I agree with you, Adam, you can still create a, a, a strong arc for Kylo Ren independent of, of Leia. And they didn't do it. like, he, you know, he has a forced memory of Han Solo and Han Solo is like, it's all right that you murdered me. <laughs> you know, we all we all lose our temper. Anyway, you're a good boy. <laughs> and he's like, I am a
2: good boy.
0: I'll go, I'm going to go help. I'm going to yeah. go throw my lightsaber away. And help
2: Ray. If you like think about what's actually happening, like that's literally just him standing there and telling himself it's OK that he murdered his dad. Like, <laughs> yes. just in case. And then yes. like dramatically, he's like, you know what? That was like 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 just because you hire Harrison Ford to come back doesn't mean the scene makes sense. Like that's not anyone forgiving him. It's that's him just being like, you know what, all those all those war crimes, that's fine. And he puts on like his good guy like thermal shirt and he's just like <laughs> And I thought it was crazy how he like when he turned, he like so became like a classic Star Wars good guy. Like he had yeah. like he had quips, he was like doing fun stuff while he was fighting and it was just like it was like they ran out of time. They were like, oh my god, the Kylo Ren thing. And they just like, <laughs> <laughs> we forgot about Kylo Ren. And I do agree that to me, like, no matter how, no matter the thoughts and the discords on the new trilogy, I really, I was so into Kylo Ren's whole thing, his whole arc. Yeah. It, and I don't know how much of that is down to Adam Driver being like probably easily the best actor in this in this trilogy. I, I don't know how much is down to him, how much it was down to the writing. But to me, I was like, "Well, there's no way they don't stick that landing because it has such a clear, like what it like a fool, like a rube." I said, "There's no way they're gonna not stick that landing." But they just, it, they just, they just sort of redid the throne room scene from Last Jedi, but worse. And they were like, "You remember that? Like that was joke." <laughs>
0: I also like how like PJ Abrams is like I'm gonna bring back The Knights of Ren And it's like Who fucking cares Oh are
2: so dumb Like what's their
0: I expected like An ad to pop up In the middle of the movie Being like Knights of Ren toys Now on sale at
2: Target (laughs) Like I I I get that people Wanted to To know Because they mentioned In the first movie But You didn't explain them though You just brought them back And you had like one other stormtrooper say ghouls, which I kind of think was a shout out to the dead don't die, which is kind of hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's okay. If that was the intent, that's hilarious. But if not, they like you didn't ever say who they were other than like these guys who dress like the bad orcs in two towers. Like, it's just like, I don't, I don't understand bringing the back if you're not actually going to bring them.
0: And I don't understand like why he had to fix his helmet. Why did he need the helmet back? And so someone said, I think it was, might've been in our Slack. It might've been Haley or Alley who said that it represents that he's fractured, that it represents like that. He's sort of, that his conscience is fractured, but that's, we don't need, we don't need a new helmet to tell us that. No. Yeah. That just and I mean, done. I feel like that seems pretty, like moving backwards.
2: I mentioned that like Adam driver is, is, he's a great actor. So I feel like if you're like, we need to show he's conflicted let's cover his face completely like i just like they you had you had the character and they they just plunked the helmet right back like caesar from planet of the apes put his helmet back together and they plunked it back <laughs> yeah. on <his> head <laughs> and it, yes i forgot that it was caesar <laughs> and they just brought him like i don't know that to me was maybe the biggest disappointment besides the whole Palpatine ray thing which is like beyond beyond unnecessary this to me was like the biggest fumble because it was like they had it it was going so well and they didn't land
0: Now I, it's kind of I'm kind of curious like why J.J. Abrams thinks it was important to put the mask back together because we I per- Perry Nemiroff when she did the press junket for us she she asked him like why does why does he put the mask back together and he's like well the movie has a good explanation for it no it fucking well, doesn't it says
2: it's for something specific he has to go do and it's not <laughs> that's uh, The exact quote because I, I remember I I wrote up this interview that Perry did the quote was he does it for a very specific thing he has to go do which is just incorrect <laughs> that, that is that... have you seen your movie JJ <laughs> yeah, exactly. well and and literally the next
1: scene is just undercutting it because then it has, has hucks like they're just shitting on Kylo Ren for his mask back on. So it's like, then why did you do it if you knew it was silly? Like, this doesn't make it less silly, the fact that you're acknowledged that you know that it's silly. Doesn't help.
0: Yeah. Again, if we want to talk about, like, like, the rise of Skywalker seems to actively disdain Last Jedi, it seems to be like, oh, well, you destroyed the mask in Last Jedi. Well, I'm just going to put it back <laughs> together. So there. And it's like, you do realize that the reason he destroys the mask is because he is at, because Snoke calls him on play acting as Vader. So to go back, the mask has to now mean something different, or else it has no reason to be. And JJ Abrams is like, I don't understand themes. <laughs> I don't understand subtext. I just want the mask back.
2: Well so <laughs> it essentially just takes the mask off again. Like it's <laughs> like like he, he takes it off again. For- yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not like the mask
0: sticks around, it comes off halfway again. Like
2: Yeah.
1: So on the theme thing, and this this is a this is a door to to open the Palpatine's daughter granddaughter box, uh, which is stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, so JJ was at the academy screening of the movie last week and participated in a Q and A, and he talked about the thematic thrust behind making Ray's making Ray a Palpatine essentially, and he essentially said that they decided that it like her learning that her parents were nobodies wasn't devastating enough. What would be more devastating is if she learned that her lineage, she came from a very bad family. And essentially the metaphor was that like, what if you found out you were, you were Hitler's granddaughter? He didn't say this, but he was talking about, you know, what if the great generation, uh, you know, fought and won the war, but, you know, learning that you have to continue fighting the war or else those things will creep back again, obviously referencing the resurgence of Nazis in America, which is still a fucking stupid thing. Um, But he was like, you know, what I guess their whole idea was like Ray finds out that she's her lineage is Palpatine and there's this evil wrestling inside her. And like, am I destined to do that? Am I not? I don't think any of that comes across in the movie, because for one, I don't think Palpatine is a good stand in for a Hitler esque figure, because with Palpatine comes mythology like. Palpatine is an iconic Star Wars character and you muddle that with mythology and there's all this expanded universe and how did he come back? And there's clones and there's, you know, what, like a crowd of Palpatine clones? I don't even know what that was. So your metaphor gets muddled there. And then I don't even think it just like, it never crossed my mind that that's what was occurring. Did did any of you pick up on any of that? No,
0: because, so, you know, you would have to, to, to make that work, the character of ray would have to be a lot angrier and a lot darker than she than she is in force awakens and last jedi that character would have to be a lot more questionable it would have to be like oh she did that sort of. like if 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 ray weren't ray wouldn't necessarily have to be overtly evil but if she's like if she had those kind of moments where it's like leave them behind we can't Go back, or like something like a little, like a little creep in there, where you're like, I don't know if I like this character. That wasn't, you know. But Ray is not like that. That's not who she is. That's just not her character. So this notion that she's going to wrestle with the darkness inside her now that she's a Palpatine, like fuck you.
2: Like her, her, her worry, her like greatest fear wasn't that she had evil parents. It was that she didn't have parents, and that was the twist. That was the worst possible thing. Like they. The twist was devastating because she learned the worst possible thing to her, and that this is like the danger of doing a twist that the audience wants. Like I don't think back in 1980, people were like, "Man, I hope Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father." It yeah. was devastating because it was like, "Wow, he he was looking for his place in this whole battle thing, and he found out the he was part of the enemy." This was she wanted to her goal was to discover you know where she came from and the devastating thing is that she came from nowhere like the twist shouldn't just be like like there's nothing I, this is what i've been saying since the there's nothing inherently dramatic about being related to someone and that, that is that is the only thing this twist has to stand on it's yeah. like look they're related and it's like and it's like i said in like the same exact joke i made in the slack can you imagine if in Last Crusade, they suddenly were just like, oh, by the way, Indiana Jones is Jesus Christ's grandson. It's just like, <laughs> just because they're related doesn't mean it is dramatic. It could just be, it means nothing unless there is a reason personally to the character and the character's arc. And this was just like, it, it was like wedging a brick into, into a Lego set. Like it just didn't, well- it just didn't make sense
0: it's also like a hat on a hat. Like it's not accepting like that. This is dramatic. So we have to do another thing. Like to go back to your analogy about Darth Vader telling Luke that, you know, he, you know, he's his father, you know, it's be
2: like, you know, you know,
0: Darth, you know, I was your, you know, I'm not only your father, but also I cut off your mother's head. Ha ha. It's kind of like,
2: kind of like uh, Leia being like, like we've all accepted that by now, but I feel like the fact that he was like also Leia's his sister is, a little silly. Like, like that, that is that it's super fucking silly. Yeah, like that is that to me is the equivalent of this Palpatine thing. Is like you had the twist. The twist happened. <laughs> you don't Yeah, know. you had it. Like, and that's
0: again, this is playing into the worst aspects of the reaction to Last Jedi, which is like, oh, people were unhappy. Let's how let's see how I can remake this burger for them. Yeah. Like, Oh, this isn't what you ordered. I'm sorry, sir. What can I get you that will make this right? Well, first off, she has to be related. To people. It's like, and at that point, like JJ Abrams, you're not a director. You're a fucking waiter. And like, you know, it's not your fucking job to make sure everyone's fucking happy. Cause that's never going to happen. He knows not everyone's going to happen. So why did you just like, why go back to address bad faith concerns from people that just can't roll with it who don't understand story or narrative? And it leads me to believe that J.J. J. Abrams doesn't really understand story or narrative.
2: Well, you bad. had... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just good. That to me is maybe the clearest thing because I feel like nine out of 10 filmmakers would just, the natural thing is to carry on the story. The natural thing is not to be like, I had a story set up. It went one way. I am going to pull it back in my direction. And that's what he did. And to me, I, I feel like even the... I don't want to say that you're not allowed to like this movie because that's insane. Opinions are subjective. But I feel like once we all get to like watch this movie as a trilogy, this story is... It, it, this trilogy is basically uh, dead in the water. It's not a story anymore. The story is so disjointed that to watch these three movies back to back... It, it, It doesn't make sense. It feels like you're watching three completely unrelated movies.
1: Yeah, and, and I think you had it right. Like, you he had the story like at the end of the last jedi it sets it up perfectly that the third movie is the battle for kylo ren's soul and by bringing palpatine into the fold you're adding this external antagonistic force that is just sucking screen time from this entire movie for no reason and i guess you could argue that kylo ren is never working for palpatine the whole time like he plans to take down palpatine but same difference and you know this whole and then making Ray a Palpatine adds additional screen time. Whereas I feel like the more logical continuation there is that, you know, Ray found out she's nobody, but she found her strength. She saved her friends. The spark of the rebellion is lit. And she has this connection with Kylo Ren. Despite what Luke has said, she still believes that Kylo Ren is good and can be turned to good. And that's, your story you don't you don't need palpatine you don't need all this extra stuff and like i don't understand like in that opening crawl it's like kylo ren is searching for palpatine because he threatens his uh like order or reign or whatever and i'm like did kylo ren really care that much about the power i don't know maybe i read it wrong but like Why is he now concerned? I thought he was mostly concerned with Rey.
0: But even there, like, that conflict is fucking stupid. Like, so let me, like, let's let's map this out. Let's map this out. So Kylo Ren has the First Order, which, as we have established, is in a really strong position at the end of Last Jedi. The Rebellion might be on the rise, but the First Order still, you know, the Republic has been wiped out. First Order is ascendant, you know, and they still have a supreme leader. It's not like, oh, all of our forces disappeared. Like, Kylo Ren is now in charge. And then you have Palpatine, who's like, I threaten you because I have the final order with a bunch of spaceships. Oh, cool. Well, that seems useful. That's actually pretty threatening. Yes, but also there's only one control tower, so please don't attack my one (laughs) control tower. Oh, okay. Do you also have, like, forces running these spaceships? Because you have, like, a ton of spaceships. No, no one knows how those are run and who's been running them for the last (laughs) 30 years. Palpatine out
2: <laughs> it is it is hilarious how the one consistency is that Palpatine can build a super weapon with one horrible weakness like that he, came, <laughs> he came back and was like okay no, he, I got, I've learned nothing." now I got it. I'm i doing instead of one new death star, death star I have 500 new death stars but still there's only one thing. like it's just like just make it oh God, the, 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 the final order thing is not only stupid it's confusing because it's like, was that there the whole time? Was he building this the whole time? What was the first order this entire time? Why not just start also, the final order? Why don't why don't why don't, the, why, why don't you just make it? Why don't you make the final order of the first order and just do and it? What was the purpose of the first order when you had this? unbeatable (laughs) ships why would you why would you create a snoke
0: clone to go out and create the first order also if you can create clones who are who have
2: force powers
0: (laughs) why not create an army of those guys why only create one dude when you can have many dudes who all can use the force
1: yeah the implication that palpatine's been pulling the strings this entire time was so dumb that's enough yeah
0: can we just Issue a memo to all screenwriters: Stop retconning it so that the villain has actually been in charge in the, the whole string. time.
2: No one has ever successfully pulled the strings the entire time. Because like, that's another thing: we go back, watch these first two movies, and then apply that Palpatine is pulling the strings. It's not going to make any sense. <laughs> no. Why was this part of Palpatine's plan? Why? Why was Star Killer Base even a thing when he knew he had five hundred Starkiller bases? It seemed like he could have just, you know, like. He's a terrible delegator. He should have just put all of his energy into this Final Order thing instead of whatever was happening in these first two movies.
1: Did we learn nothing from Spectre? We learned nothing from Spectre.
2: (laughs) Accurate (laughs) is that we did learn nothing from Spectre. (laughs) Uh,
0: But also, I would also also add, like Palpatine. Like again, I, I know it sounds like we're hammering on it, but like the Palpatine thing is just the worst decision because. Again, as you're, if you're a Star Wars fan, like you need okay. Vader to kill Palpatine. That's the only way Return of the Jedi that that Luke Vader relationship can be mended, where he sees, he thinks that he's beyond saving. Luke, you know, refuses to go to the dark side. He makes a choice not to go to the dark side, and then Palpatine tries to kill Luke, and Vader realizes that he still loves his son, that there is good in him, and he kills the guy who has been manipulating him since he was a boy. He kills Palpatine. He severs that connection. If Vader doesn't kill Palpatine, then Palpatine's like, ah, you just slowed me down there, Vader. You should have known I had special super secret force powers that you didn't know about. Like, it, Like now you watch Return of the Jedi, I'm like, ah, oh, well, that dude will be back in
2: 30 years. But it also, that it's also ruins like, the end of Rise of Skywalker. Yes. Because, okay, you killed Palpatine. But he's already he came back the first time. How is Right. They threw him down an air shaft and he exploded. And then he came back. (laughs) He exploded and then the space station exploded. So there were two explosions. (laughs) And yet here he is. And then he's in dead space. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then this time they blew him up and then blew up his planet once again. And then they're like, all right, that time it's gonna stick. But we didn't even get an explanation for how he came back. So to me, it's like, well, he'll probably be back in another 30 years.
1: I would assume the answer there is like, well, they blew him up on the Sith homeworld planet or whatever that place is. And like, so that's where all the people were that would bring him back. But it's still dumb and indicative of like, this movie does not respect stakes. Like, I, Chewbacca should have died.
2: Yeah, I I love Chewbacca, and I think he should have died.
1: Yeah, and and looking back, like, talking about, like, if Rey was supposed to be struggling internally, like, that would have been, could have been a moment where she's like, I'm responsible for Chewbacca's death. Uh, This is upsetting. Is this inside me? What's going on? And it's undercut, like, literally, I think, two or three scenes later just so the audience doesn't feel bad. And the same thing happens to C-3PO. They're like, well, we're going to have to wipe his memory. And it's like, well, that's kind of sad. Like He remembers all the stuff from the original trilogy. Um, and, you know, even though everyone fucking hated C-3PO, I guess, <laughs> he felt he felt he was a friend to everyone. Uh, so this is sad. And then just a couple sequences later, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, nope, never mind. R2-D2 had a backup. It's all good.
2: What annoyed so. me about the, the Chewy thing is we're shown that he's still alive. And then there are several scenes afterwards where they're all the other characters are like for chewy. We're doing this for chewy. <laughs> yeah. Like it was, and it was like the audience knows he's still alive. This conversation is stupid. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you can't build the drama off that they're doing this because they just watched their friend die if we know that the friend is alive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I would say you know J.K. Rowling had a very bad week last week, and <laughs> I don't true. want to get into all that transphobic, you know, you know her transphobia. But I will say, as a writer, J.J. J.K. Rowling at least knows how to kill off some motherfuckers. Yeah, you know, she's like, oh, here's someone you love. Well, it's necessary in this story for them to die right now. Like the story needs their death to raise the stakes and make this matter. And J.J. Abrams is like, yeah, but if you kill him. The audience might feel bad. Like I don't even buy the argument that like, oh, well, you can't sell toys anymore if the character's dead. Like, you can suck and you can fucking sell, uh, you know, a Cedric Diggory toy. <laughs>
2: you can do that. Like it you doesn't can matter. Try. Boba Fett toys still still sell like hotcakes, and that guy yeah. died. In yeah, that's Well, like,
0: you, you know, the Boba Fett, Boba Fett is the Mandalorian. Don't you know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> we <We'll see. laughs> we'll
1: but it, I mean, J.J. did the Han Solo death in Force Awakens, which, you know, regardless of your thoughts on that movie, oh. I think that I thought that that was genuinely pretty moving. And then even in The Last Jedi, Haldo's death, like it, because that movie is so well constructed and, and it creates an emotional connection to that character, her sacrifice is meaningful and you feel something when she died. And that was another thing that really annoyed me about Rise of Skywalker is that I just felt nothing throughout this entire movie. And as it got to the finale, with all the starships exploding in the sky, I felt like I may as well be watching Thor The Dark World right now. Like, I don't <laughs> care about anyone or anything. Just let it be over.
2: Or Endgame, because they stole the end, like, pretty much beat for beat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Including the I am dramatic pause Iron Man. Or I am dramatic pause All the Jedi. Like, it, like that was what I noticed the second time. And I, there's no way this is there's almost logistically no way this was like stolen because those movies were being made. So, but like the beat of the fine, the beats of the final battle in Endgame are so similar to the final battle in rise of Skywalker. That I just think that it enforces the idea that Disney has a moment sheet and they know how to, they know how to get the cheers from the, from the opening night audience. And that's just going to is like,
0: Poe's like, it's all on me. No one's coming. And then Lando's like, on your left.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And you see it and it's like, oh my God, they're all here. And then the battle happens. And then it's just, to me, it's like, I already saw this and it was done. This movie actually made me appreciate Endgame more because that movie also tried to fit in everything humanly possible and mostly succeeded. Like it at least, it at least made some sense like when, when that movie doesn't hold up great under legit logic uh, logical thought but like mm-hmm. but you know it doesn't well
0: you know plot wise yeah and i think even the movie itself acknowledges that time travel is tricky but i think the end game works because character arcs track and they're like oh, okay this is the end of this character's journey like if end game like had this... been like
2: iron man is also Thanos' son <laughs> 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 that's what it felt like tony they're... stark Thanos? by the way he's that they're related like to me that that's not even a joke that to me is what it feels like they're just like by the way they're related and it's not dramatic it's just yeah. that's what they felt they had to do and
0: yeah and so yeah when you get to the end let's talk about a little bit about the ending of uh, rise of skywalker the final scene where some old woman in the middle of <laughs> Tatooine says, "Ah, haven't seen you around here. What's your name?" And she's like Ray. She's like, "What's your last name?" And Ray turns and sees the ghosts of you know Luke and Leia. And this old woman is like, "What is she looking at? I don't, <laughs> I don't fucking see anything." And then she turns and goes, "Ray Skywalker." And I get it's like, "Oh, you chose for your legacy to be Skywalker." that's fucking stupid (laughs) stop acting like there's only two important families to me like that's the the whole thing like there's only two important families in the entire fucking galaxy how small does that make star wars it makes it the smallest thing that's only for a select few
2: i was hoping they would cut back to luke and leia just like what the fuck we didn't say (laughs) (laughs) you're not ours we didn't give you permission to do that I will say though there was like a there was a second because she had said this early in the movie, and I thought there I thought she was going to say just Ray, like she said to the kid, and I was like, yeah. okay, you came close to getting it, like you you didn't you didn't earn the moment, but at least you got there, and I was like, it's either between Skywalker or just Ray. She's going to say one, and she said the objectively wrong one because like you said, yes. it narrows down the story to nothing. What do you relate to? If your name's not Skywalker, what can you relate to in this movie? You're worthless unless your name is Skywalker.
1: But also, wouldn't it be bigger of her to say Rey Palpatine and that, like, she's going to own it and create her own legacy for good?
2: <laughs> what if she said Rey Palpatine are, and the, the old one was like,
0: no, and, like, shoots her? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, there are better options. There were certainly better options than Rey Scott. But that, to me, was just, like... All right, I think that was the one final. Just like, okay, sure. If that's if that's what we're doing, sure. And then the credits came, and I was just like, I'm I'm getting out of here. <laughs> this movie is fun. not for me. Yeah, no, I was not a uh, I was not a giant fan, and I was also not a giant fan of burying the lightsabers on. Like you said, he did it for the ending, but like Leia's only memory of Tatooine is like being enslaved by Jabba the Hutt. Like that is her, that's her connection to Tatooine. It's not like that was the big Skywalker planet.
0: Although, to to be fair to the film, it's not like you can bury the lightsaber on Alderaan.
2: <laughs> it's Launching it into space, yeah.
1: Yeah, it felt like a more meaningful place for Luke and Anakin,
2: honestly. So I don't know. It was stupid. It was indeed very stupid. I think that's like they really that to me. That end scene at that point, I had just been beaten down <laughs> by like log- logistical <laughs> loopholes so at that point i was just like okay i see exactly what kind of movie you want to make you didn't care whether it made sense so this is the ending to this movie this is the perfect ending to this very stupid movie
0: yeah the, this movie could not have
2: ended any other way. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> there's no like, way in the in the ideas of JJ Abrams in this entire movie that is the perfect ending they nailed it yeah for what this movie <laughs> this is this movie
1: is so bad it makes me want to see Colin Trevorrow's version of the Trevor <laughs> version
2: of this movie i <laughs> i'm, I'm kind of curious what his writing or his story by credit is like i would love for that to come out i would yeah. love to know what part of this movie was Colin Trevorrow's idea
0: I think i I'd be surprised I would honestly believe that none of it is, but because he was the first writer on the project. Yeah. he get he automatically gets the credit. sort of like how Jeremy Slater gets the first credit on Fantastic Four, but none of that movie is his
1: exactly. well, he he already said that uh, Palpatine was not his idea, so clearly that was not his answer to Ray's parents and was not mm-hmm. a his story, which again, like you're just mucking things up. like there's no reason to bring Palpatine back. You had a great story between Ray and Kylo and you just wasted it. For like will, a series of like cheer moments, I guess.
2: I don't know. I, I will say that that kind of speaks to my biggest confusion about everything was the initial, tiz, ni, initial decision to do a trilogy with three different directors who just don't speak to each other. Like I, yeah. what, that to me, you know, when it all comes down to it, it was kind of doomed from that moment. Like I, I just don't. Disney and all it's like we need everything to be perfect. I never understand why that was the move. Why was the decision to just sort of build a trilogy on the fly and hope for the best? Yeah, I was talking with a
0: friend of mine, and he sort of made an interesting suggestion that, like, if Star Wars is supposed to be a connection, like, a world of, like, interconnecting stories wouldn't it make more sense to have a Kevin Feige figure who's like, yeah, the way it's going to work is we're going to make it like television and we'll have directors and they'll have their input, but these are the stories. Our story group decided this, these are the beats you have to hit. And like you visually, you can kind of put your stamp on it and like, we'll, you know, you can cast it and you can have input, but the stories have to go thus. And you know, I'm not saying like that's the
1: only way to make movies, but like, it would have maybe avoided this issue. Well, I would I would counter that. I don't think Star Wars is afforded the opportunity to have an Iron Man 2 mm. or an Incredible Hulk or even a Thor. Right. It does yeah. not it, it it is not allowed to have stumbling blocks to get out the gate because they did craft mm. this as a trilogy. There are only three movies, they all have to be good. The spin-offs have to be good. Everything has to make enough money to warrant, justify whatever else. So i think that's the reason they made all of these movies twice uh except for the last jedi which was not reshot but almost every other movie was reshot significantly um and i don't begrudge them that like it makes sense like if it's something this valuable pay whatever you gotta pay to get it right and it clearly worked on force awakens but i don't really think it worked on any of the other ones uh, but i think you look to like harry potter like that's Kind of the crown jewel, and that you have Steve Kloves writing every movie except one, and you have this blueprint blueprint from J.K. Rowling, and then you allow directors to put a different visual flourish on each installment. But yeah. I, I, Vinny, I think what you said was really pointed in that the like, directors who don't talk to each other. Like I can maybe under see like J.J. Abrams and like I don't know like Dan Trachtenberg or even Colin Trevorrow, but Abrams and Johnson are such different filmmakers. Like you yeah. might as well go ahead and also. Th- throw in like alejandro in your ritu there for the third one and then just see what those three movies look like.
2: Yeah. just see what that is
1: or, uh, or or doug lyman who just makes everything well i guess that's abrams who kind of makes it like, so
2: especially just having abrams just planting so many seeds in the first one like the idea like yeah. the, the, the 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 mindset to the audience is it's like oh nice all this stuff is planned but he was just like good luck with that yeah but yeah well see
0: that's the thing if you're an audience member who doesn't know J.J. Abrams J.J. Abrams doesn't plan shit out J.J. Abrams is like I'm just asking questions yeah I'm just raising I'm just creating mysteries bye like well, he, he doesn't have he set up like, he doesn't have set up and pay off
1: well, and when he and Lindelof were creating The Lost Pilot, it was his idea to put a hatch on the island. And Lindelof was like, what's in it? And he was like, I don't know. He was like, but it's cool. Like, let's put it on there. And to their credit, like Lindelof figured out a really good answer for it. Like, it's a cool thing to throw in. It's a cool thing to be able to answer. But you don't have 23 hours of television to answer that story with well, the Star Wars trilogy. Yeah.
0: And it just makes me feel like J.J. Abrams is like the world's most successful pilot director. Like, I don't yeah. try, I don't need him to tell me, he, he's not going to get me to the end, but you know, he'll, he'll give us a good push at the beginning.
2: Yeah. I think what we're saying is give Damon Lindelof a Star Wars TV series on Disney plus.
1: <laughs> I would watch it. A lot I would 100% would watch After Watchmen. Yeah. I'd watch the shit out of that. The first episode um, would have more story than the entire first two seasons of the Mandalorian.
0: <laughs> well, that's not that's hard. Not <laughs>
1: Green eggs and ham has more
0: story than <laughs> the first season of Mandalorian. <laughs> Um okay, uh before we move on to recently watched, one thing I did want to kind t- of t- t- talk about is like what do you guys think is start going to happen to Star Wars going forward? Because if you look at the opening weekend box office for Rise of Skywalker, it's less than Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Uh we don't know how it'll perform in its second weekend, but you know, should Disney be nervous? Should they rethink the Star Wars property? Like what do you guys think happens?
2: I don't think they should be new. I feel like the drop was pretty natural for, like, the third mm-hmm. movie. Like, the the people came out for Force Awakens because it was like, holy crap, a new Star Wars movie. Uh, enough people weren't into that to then not go to Last Jedi. And then this, I feel like this was a very... It wasn't, like, a huge drastic drop. I feel like this was a pretty natural mm-hmm. drop in okay. uh, numbers. But I do also... I would also be... Incredibly slash pleasantly surprised if Ryan Johnson actually gets to do his trilogy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't want to be.
0: Yeah, at this point, I'm very. I'm sort of like, I don't know. That's actually going to. That'd happen. be
2: nice, but I feel like at this point, with the discourse the way it is, I can't see Disney being like, "All right, next next one out the gate, <laughs> Ryan Johnson's whole trilogy." I don't know. Thankfully, go- Ryan Johnson has Benoit Blanc movies to make. So. <laughs> yeah, like that would be fine for me.
1: I Can do, you imagine if they were like we're going to make a Star Wars movie with the guys who made the Game of Thrones ending? Oh my god. That seems far I
2: I genuinely <laughs> I wish we still lived in that reality. I point, kind
1: of do too. At this honestly. point, let's
2: just let's just burn the whole thing down. Like, <laughs> like cuz at this point I kind of I'd be so okay with not getting a new trilogy for like 10 years. Like would yeah. just do your do your Disney plus stuff. Have a good time. Don't actually tell the story. Just have Pedro Pascal zipping around the galaxy. That's fine. I don't have to leave my house to see it. But this whole... The, I, I'm so good with not getting another trilogy for an extended amount of time.
1: Yeah, same here. Uh, and I'm with you. I think the the box office, it makes sense to me. Like, Force Awakens is the first new Star Wars movie, in however long. And also the first new Star Wars movie not by George Lucas. So that was everyone wanted to see like what is this for themselves and then enough people were like yeah it's not for me that they didn't go to see last jedi and even this one like i've talked to people personally who were like yeah i'm gonna wait and watch it on disney plus like yeah. they'll get around to it but it's not a pressing matter for them they're not heavily invested in this story so they can be disappointed when they watch it from home so as for what the net like the future of star wars i mean i mean clearly they don't know because back when it was first announced that they were making this new trilogy, the very first announcements of the tri- of the spin-offs charted a course of mining popular characters for their own movies. So we would have a Han Solo movie, we would have a Yoda movie, we would have a Boba Fett movie, and then when Solo crashed and burned, they kind of put an end to all of that. Rogue One was kind of a one-off, just because it came from an idea from, I think it was John Knoll from ILM. Um so, I honestly don't know. Like, I love the idea of Ryan Johnson's trilogy, the idea of telling new stories in a new area of the galaxy with different characters not named Skywalker. I don't know if that's what audiences want. And I'm definitely not convinced that Lucasfilm and Disney think that that's what audiences want. So, Matt, I think it's, I think your editorial you wrote about the future of Star Wars being bleak is kind of spot on. I think it's going to be more stuff like Rise of Skywalker and The Mandalorian.
2: Yeah, I, I I feel the same way. because I feel like plenty of people say they want to move on, but then you see the reaction to The Last Jedi. And I feel like once we get a movie that doesn't involve any of this, people are going to freak out. They're going to be like, this isn't... There's the, the refrain is that it doesn't feel like Star Wars. And that that always bothers me because it's like, what does that mean? To so many people, that just means that it includes the word Skywalker. So I'd be very interested to see if that's what they pivot to. And then what is the reaction going to be when we get a Star Wars movie that's just a story set kind of in this same galaxy?
1: Hashtag not my Star
2: Wars.
0: (laughs) I just feel like any Star Wars going forward is going to have some sort of link to something you've seen before. Like, I feel like, like something bold and different would be kind of like the Knights of the old Republic where it's like, this is the star Wars universe, but it's so far removed that it's kind of like, yes, there are lightsabers and there are, you know, scoundrels and like, there are things you recognize, but it's n- new characters. And I don't feel like at any point you're going to get an entirely new character. Like I feel like even Mandalorian still has, you know, baby Yoda, you know, oh, I know what a Yoda is. So here's a baby. And I just feel like, you know, the next, the next star Wars thing is technically Obi-Wan series. Yeah. And it's like, here's Obi-Wan you know, Obi-Wan and he's going to go on some adventures and, you know, do things and you like Obi-Wan, right? And then the next thing will be like, Hey, let's, here's another character you liked that'll do some stuff. Like, you know, maybe if John Boyega's career doesn't take off, like it's, you know, he says he's not doing a Disney plus series, but you you give him enough money. Maybe there's a Disney plus series to be like, Hey, I'm hanging out, but it's just, they don't want to do anything that will be like there. they Star Wars cannot get bigger. It can only go become more insular, yeah. uh, which I think is disappointing. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, with that, uh, let's, let's move on to Recently Watched. Uh, Vinny, what have you seen lately that you'd like to
2: talk about? Uh, I am making my way through The Witcher as we speak. Um, it's not good in the classical sense of the word. <laughs> uh, I, but if you're home, like if you're home for winter break like if you have nothing to do it is the perfect show like if you just want to like sort of throw on something where the an inhumanly large henry cavill is just wearing leather pants and fighting monsters it's it is uh the peak of like the algorithm mindless netflix thing and i I, it, I can't say it's people keep comparing it to game of thrones and i would be like those moments where game of thrones was just like kind of fun and weird stretch that out and it's this show. And if that sounds appealing to you, this show nails that very strange tone.
0: Yeah. All right. I'll give. How 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 muscular is, is Oh my god! god. <laughs> just, I, I, just all muscles. It honestly, just a pile like,
2: of I, muscles. I don't think they did anything digitally, but he does not look like a human being. Like it's just like, <laughs> like he doesn't look like what a person. Like on this earth or in this reality, should look like, but I do not think they touched him at all digitally. He is just airlifted from another dimension where arms are just the size of houses. It's, 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 uh, jarring. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if, uh, you're interested in seeing that for like eight hours of your winter break, then I can't recommend a show better than The Witcher.
1: I cannot wait. Uh, Adam, what have you seen lately? Uh, in between working on star wars (laughs) tutorials over the weekend um i decided to finally delve into season two of castle rock on hulu uh and i'm not like a massive stephen king fan i i've only read a couple of his books but i i enjoyed the first season of the show it's an anthology that takes place in the stephen king multiverse and season one pulled from um stories like shawshank redemption and uh can't remember what the other major one was, but season two essentially combines misery and Salem's Lot, but it's not—it's not as if it's recreating it. And I—I I felt it was—it was an interesting show to watch in the wake of the rise of Skywalker because it's not a show that's like, hey, here's that thing you like. It recontextualizes it. So Lizzie Kaplan plays Annie Wilkes um, in season two of Castle Rock, but. In in this version of the story, she's a young woman with a young daughter who's clearly been on the run for a long time, and she shows up in Castle Rock and decides to stay because she suffers from a mental illness that necessitates a lithium prescription, but she doesn't actually have a prescription. She steals it from hospitals. Um, so that kind of like giving you a really interesting kind of origin story for Any Wilkes because you know obviously where that story is going to go later on or maybe you don't because the the show does a really good job of, of kind of endearing you to these characters to making you think that kind of anything could happen to them um, and then Salem's Lot I think it's a fairly loose adaptation of Salem's Lot which I haven't read um, uh, but Salem's Lot Uh, is essentially vampires are taking over a town. So there's there's an interesting twist on that. And Lizzie Kaplan Kaplan is really fantastic uh, in this season of the show and gives a really terrific performance um, that kind of evokes Kathy Bates, but it's not an impersonation. It feels of a like a piece of a whole of that performance of Kathy Bates in misery, but it doesn't feel like she's trying to do Kathy Bates, if that makes any sense. And um, Tim Robbins is in the second season as kind of uh, um, the head of kind of like a crime family a little bit. And Barkhat Abdi is in it from Captain Phillips. And I don't know. I just found it really compelling, a really interesting story. If you like kind of like sci-fi storytelling, but sci-fi that's not like set in space um i think you might enjoy castle rock but and it, and it leaves it in a way that it it does kind of weave it into certain Uh, more fantastical aspects of season one that hints towards a larger connection that it, it may be building towards as the series progresses. So I'm hoping to see a season three. Um, It's not like the best show on TV. I mean, it's not like Watchmen level where it's really kind of like blowing your mind with um, the themes that it's weaving through and, and stuff like that. But it does evoke some of that bottle uh, episode storytelling where it'll, it'll spend almost an entire episode in flashback with a different cast um just telling a different story that's tangentially connected to the story that you're witnessing at hand so um i don't know i had a lot of fun with it it's a really good binge watch um because you know it's kind of like consuming a stephen king novel a bit so give it a shot if you enjoy stories like that
2: i love right. i love those two books and i did not know that it was in working on those so oh I- yeah I appreciate your uh, recommendation I have not read Salem's Lot But
1: I have read the Wikipedia And <laughs> if, if that is any indication It is a very different version of that story But again, it, it does a really good job Of of kind of um, It feels familiar But it's not saying, oh, it's the thing I like
2: mm-hmm. imagine Yeah
0: That <laughs> <Nah>, seems far-fetched Yeah <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, for me, uh, I recently rewatched uh, the 2003 film *Shattered Glass*, uh, which stars Hayden Christensen. And Hayden Christensen was not, you know, he he drew a lot of flack for his performance of Anakin Skywalker. But everything that makes him not good as Anakin, all those choices. Uh, make him perfect for the character of Stephen Glass. So for those who don't know, Stephen Glass was a reporter at the, the New Republic in, the, in 1998, and it turned out that he was cooking a lot of his stories, which means that he was fabricating details or just simply making them up out of whole cloth. And he was able to sort of uh, get away with it for a while until, um, until other people started uh, checking on them. And uh, it's, a, it's a really fascinating journalism story, um, but with two really strong performances at the center, you have uh, Hayden Christensen and Peter Sarsgaard. Uh, Peter Sarsgaard plays uh, Stephen Glass's editor. And it's really fascinating to sort of on the one hand, you're sort of looking at someone who is who's is creating fake news, and it's interesting, you know to see that term get thrown around these days when at a legacy publication like The New Republic, the fact checking apparatus is so rigorous that it took someone like Stephen Glass to get around it and then not only did was he caught, but like it was a huge scandal. So it's not like it was just normal for people to be like, "Oh, yeah, reporters make up stories all the time. That's a thing that happens um not certainly not at a publication that's been around, you know, new Republic is, was around since I think 1908. Um, so it was a big deal. And, the uh, the film directed by Billy Ray written and directed by Billy Ray dramatizes it very well. Uh, and the film just holds up, uh, not just as sort of like a, a look at journalism, but as a particularly kind of toxic male, um, the way Stephen glass manipulates people is very, uh, recognizable, uh, and it's just, it's a really good film. I don't think it necessarily got enough uh, attention in 2003. Uh, but if, uh, if you can find it, I highly recommend checking out shattered glass
1: and also proves that Hayden Christian is capable of acting.
0: Right. Yeah. I, that's the other thing about like, like those star Wars prequels. It's like, well, let's measure someone's acting ability by putting their head, like when George Lucas George is behind the camera, <laughs> like he makes out. Oscar winner, Natalie Portman, look like the worst actress ever, <laughs> yes. you know, like we all know Natalie Portman is not a bad actor, but you put her in a star Wars prequel and lo and behold. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Give, give shattered glass a shot. Uh, all right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, this is, this is it for, for the year for the podcast, but uh, we will be back with you in 2020. If you want to keep up with this podcast, you should follow us on Twitter. Uh, Vinny, where can we find you on Twitter?
2: Uh, I am at Vinny Mancuso one Vinny with an IE. I know that's confusing, but that's, that's just how it is.
1: <laughs> just spell your name right, Vinny. <laughs>
2: no, I, I
0: do. I just spell our And uh, Adam, where can we find you on Twitter? At dot (laughs) onecom All right. (laughs) I'm not going to correct you. Uh, And you can find me at Matt Goldberg. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back with you in 2020.